Welcome to Curious Sanwa. My guest today is Sofia Lemreba. Sofia is a Moroccan digital nomad who has been working in marketing for the past seven years. She has a podcast called Geo Maxing, in which she discusses her passions about traveling and connecting people with other digital nomads. She's currently an expert in Thailand, working as a digital and community building consultant. I've known Sophia since 2015, actually, since we used to work together remotely for a digital marketing agency. What a great opportunity for us to connect now after all these years. Hi, Sophia. Hello, Yaselma. I'm Lai. I'm good. Good. All good. Happy to be here. Sophia, I have asked you to be on my podcast because I've seen lots of your posts on LinkedIn. They are amazing. You talk about your experience as a, uh, an expat in Thailand. And uh, uh, you mentioned a lot of things about your journey and what you're going through and the challenges and the good things. Uh, I thought it's a great opportunity to interview another uh, fellow podcaster, you know, since I'm still new to this community and I feel very excited about um, just connecting with people who have this in their head, who's like, yeah, we can talk. We want to talk about everything. Let's talk to people. (laughs) Every time I post something on LinkedIn or talk about my experience, it's very stressful for me because it's really hard to put yourself out there. And I'm sure you know that it's really hard to create. It's really hard to get past that mental barrier of, I can't do this or I'm not qualified or who's going to care about what I have to say. Every time I'm doing that for me, it's just practicing shipping, practicing publishing, practicing that get getting that exposure to that fear of being seen, that fear of what people would think or the fear of sharing something that's not perfect. So I'm happy that it's resonated with you like that. <laughs> I'm happy that you think it's it's cool. I'm happy that you think that it's uh, interesting. But in my mind, every time I share something, I instantly feel like, oh my God, I sound so dumb. For the podcast side of things, we come from a culture where conversations and talking about our lives and talking about things that are interesting is just a way of living for us. Tea time, for example, is just a time where you get women get together and talk about random things, mostly gossip, but still it's survival. It's a it's a, it's a way of creating a bond and connecting. And to me, that's what I'm trying to achieve. I am trying to recreate that magic that I've seen growing up that my mother created when she's at a, at a random store buying ingredients for her recipes and then meets a woman. And then an hour later, they're, they're talking and they want to have tea time next day at home and just from a random conversation. And that's what happened to me when I started this journey, when I started traveling, when I started this whole nomadic life in Th- in Thailand, especially moving from one city to the other. I realized very quickly that I am at a best, I'm, I'm, I'm living the best circumstances for having interesting conversations. I lived a life where every day, I'm introducing myself at least 10 times a day. And I realized that the way I introduce myself has 
has been changing, has been challenged, has been questioned, and the same for other people. So when I say I'm from Morocco, people have sometimes a surprise, sometimes they want to know more, sometimes they know about it. Or when I say I'm a social media manager, some people will move forward with the conversation. Oh, that would be interesting. I want to know more about social media or I want to know about, about content. And then there are other tough questions when you keep meeting multiple people like that. Then there are questions about what's the population in your hometown. And then it shakes me and I start realizing that I know little about where I'm from. The, it's beyond just the population, but our history. So it was fascinating to me that conversations with people from all over the world in Thailand were making me think about myself, where I'm from, who I am, what I want to do with my life. So those connections were were forming around simple everyday conversations, creating those bonds. So the really the podcast for me is to just share some of that magic with, with people who would listen, to just be curious about, you know, living a, a different life, what it would be like to to change things up, uh, to do something unconventional, to travel, to and to see at the end of the day that we're all the same. Hum at a human level, we, we are struggling with the same things at the end of the day. Amazingly put, Sophia. The, the fact that you meet so many people every day and you made it like, okay, I'm already doing this. I'm already talking to lots of people and sharing my experiences and listening to their curiosity. So why not like turn it into a podcast? That's very smart. And also all of what you said that went into your head, uh, went in my head as well. Like I can relate very much. I wanted to do this podcast for years. As you grow older, for some reason, like when I was younger, I was very much more outspoken and I was like not having second thoughts about that. I have something important to tell. Right. But then as you grow older and you deal with other people, you start to doubt that and feel like maybe there are lots of other podcasts out there what's what's gonna be unique should I even like you know do I have something to talk about the way I for me to just start was when I got all of this out of my head I was like I'm not going I'm not sending a message I'm not trying to be inspirational I'm just like being myself I'm just doing something I enjoy as a hobby and that took a lot of the stress and the edge out of things actually once I started to just play right Because, um, you know, Ethan Hawke, he has this talk on TED on uh, yeah. art. Mm. And he talks about how art is essential. It's a tool of survival and stuff. But then he mentions how kids, because they are not used to seeking perfection. They just used to play, right? And doing a castle and then smashing it in a, another second. But they have their own, like, you know, playtime where they discover things. They keep doing things. That actually resonated with me with feeling like, yes, I need some playtime in my life and I need to get back to trying new things and discovering new things about me. And it was surprising for me when I started to actually, the new information I got from guests in the podcast in season one, I started to use it in uh, my new job and like, oh, yeah, I know about that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> While I didn't know about that before I recorded with that person. So actually it started to add to my knowledge and help me in my actual professional life. First, I want to ask you, how long have you been working in the digital marketing field? Oh, my God. Um, since, I think since that year we worked together, you were kind of my boss. <laughs> you were my manager. 
<laughs> kind of. Uh, that was, I think that was my third experience. So I would, I would say seven years. Yeah, seven years. I've been working in this uh, crazy industry for the past seven years at least. What made you decide to work in that industry? As a person who didn't do college, as a person who was, for different circumstances, refrained or limited to a small, tiny room in Marrakesh, my hometown, at age 17, wanting to really travel and do all these big, crazy things, but not being able to because I wasn't able to afford it. And also my parents couldn't afford to give me what I wanted. But also there is all the, the society, society, a traditional conservative Moroccan Muslim society it has some limitations to what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to become an artist. I wanted to be a little bit free to experiment. I was a bit all over the place. And because I was faced with a lot of no's, I just confined in my little room. I made it my own prison in a lot of ways because it's, it's allowed me to just stay stay away from the eco chambers i didn't want to change i wanted to keep dreaming and internet was my my refuge i started learning english online by just reading listening to uh to ebooks e i started watching a lot of tv i started researching i said i was reading a lot but i was reading a lot about my special interests i loved design i started reading about design in english i loved uh new technologies so i started learning about those new technologies in english and i started to really love graphic design so i started learning photoshop so long story short social media and creator economy has given me an escape from traditional traditional outcome for my career everyone was pushing me to work in a bank everyone was pushing me to do different classic different things go join the army whatever so it, everything that was suggested in my entourage did not make any sense to me what i wanted to do was really to do something different the creator economy gave me the tools and the education that I needed to feel like, okay, this is possible. And social media was one of was at, at its very, very early stage. And I was following a lot of tech startup journeys. I was following what was happening in Silicon Valley. I was very much influenced by that. And I was starting to see, okay, if this industry is starting to move this way, then they will for sure need someone to manage their social media account. Let me start learning about this. And I started to learn about that. And it was also a way for me to get out of my, my room because I needed to meet people who are in the industry and learn from them. So I joined events and it was at the very early stage in morocco web 2.0 events it was hyped up there was a lot of hackathons there was a lot of uh, startups doing the same it, it just was just a way for me to to find my own path uh and it was super exciting to me so i kept doing this and it and it did uh it did pay off it did pay off in a lot of ways I started to get jobs. The startup scene was very early, so that means that I was 
safe to make mistakes and experiments and be around uh, young people who are share who share the same visions and share the same hunger for knowledge and to that same excitement for oh my god this is a technological revolution marketing is not going to be the same these advertisements on tv are not enough to reach the to reach your your audience or to reach your your buyers you got to do more and it was it was the very early days of of social media it was very exciting so that's why i joined that's why i i sought jobs in the industry and uh yeah next thing i know i was working with celebrities at that company that we were working for i worked at startups i worked with coca cola afterwards it it, it was it it was amazing to me that i was able to learn from content creators to learn from social media and be able to make a living and uh, get myself those dreams that i was dreaming when i was in that locked when i locked myself in that little room you reminded me of my early start in social media which was maybe in, it wasn't 2010 actually and um, my dad in the beginning when i used to waste so much time on social media he was like all that time you're wasting is going for nothing you should do something useful and i was like dad i'm connecting with people from all over the world i'm doing this and that and then when i got my first job because i was active on social media and he thought that he saw that i'm working and i'm making my own money and he's like oh wow suddenly it hits him that social media is cool and he started to encourage me actually you know to like keep doing something that is useful for me aside from that so you have a very interesting story on to why you joined uh, you work in social media so now we come to the phase where or we come to the chapter in your life where you are working in thailand i want to hear i'm very curious to know about your journey from morocco to thailand did you go somewhere else before you ended up in thailand uh, why thailand how long have you been there uh, like give me the whole thing i was in a very very toxic relationship and looking back i look back at it a lot recently to just figure things out you know just to write rewrite my story too because it's it's always good to to see how things evolve to just remind myself that i have grown as a person during that time I woke up to the realization that I was losing myself and my identity. I was losing my hunger for uh for adventure, my curiosity about the world. I wanted so bad to get that validation from my immediate environment, to get married, to do all those things that were that were seen as an achievement and as success i was 25 and i was miserable work wise i was working with one of the top agencies in the north africa even i was surrounded by an amazing team i was learning so much i was working with one of the biggest corporates in in the world uh, coca cola and learning so much from that from from just the exposure to that kind of work on a personal level i was i was not happy i was not happy with my life and i had moments where i would wake up and i was reminded of that 14 year old that 17 year old that was locked in her room who was dreaming of traveling and i was start and i started to ask myself what happened 
And I, that realization that I was trying to fit in, I was forcing myself, I was chopping off of myself to fit in society or to just get that external validation from my parents was killing me. And also that codependency on another person for my happiness, that was, I, I started to feel that that was really bad for my mental health. I was depending on him being around to, to live my life. I was waiting for him to travel. I was, I was always considering him in my future plans. But then I got sick. I, was, I got super sick and he didn't show up. That sickness that I had, the doctor was like, okay, this is, if you don't take care of it, this is the very start of cancer. You need to, to be careful. So it took realizing that life is short and that life-threatening diseases exist for me to, to, to rethink the way I was living my life. For me to, to realize that if I don't get out of that situation, at that time that I might actually, that that might just turn out to be my, the rest of my life. Me trying to make other people happy and not at the end of the day when I, uh, when I go to sleep, I am miserable. And I decided to book a flight to India. Back then my company had a 10 days Vipassana meditation retreat given on top of my vacation. So that was a company perk, I took it and I signed myself up for it. And I love the description that this meditation is a practice of awareness, a practice of a mindfulness to see things as they are. And at that time, because I was trying to force myself in something that was not serving me, I really wanted someone to teach me how to see things as they are. And I did it, and I went for for three weeks to 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 India, and that was me giving myself time to just sit with my thoughts, and sit with everything, and just soak in everything that was around me. Uh, that was the start of me connecting, reconnecting, and rekindling my love for for life, my love for. Uh, for adventure, my curiosity about the world, those big dreams, those um, that what my father calls or what a lot of my friends call my delusion. I had I wanted to give up on that delusion because it was considered bad. It was considered as uh, you not growing up, you need to grow up. I was really rushed to grow up and do the responsible, the sensible thing. Yeah, India was the start of it all. I came back and I was very determined uh, that that was uh, that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to travel. I wanted to be an expat somewhere. I wanted to try living life in a different environment and uh, see myself become another person, see what I become in a different environment. Because I really, really felt it in my bones that I was the extension of my environment. Um, and I remember having this conversation with a lot of people that, oh, if only I can just move to another place, I think I will change in a certain way. And people would laugh and be like, wherever you go, there you are. And it's true. 
I moved from Marrakesh from my hometown to live on my own in another place. And I, and, and instead of being dependent on my parents, I was dependent on my, on my partner back then for, for that kind of external validation. But I wanted a complete radical change for my environment. And I started to work on it. I started to apply for jobs. I started to uh, to go uh, for for really anything that will get me out of Morocco back then. With I was exploring scholarships. I was exploring um, jobs, volunteering, and uh, I I then found out about this whole digital nomad world thing. And the premise of it is that a lot of people have found a way to find remote jobs or freelance freelancing gigs, location independence that allows them to move while making a living. The, the realization that that's even possible for me made me excited and I made it my mission especially when I found out that a couple of Moroccans are already doing it in Bali, in, in, in Thailand, in, in Brazil, all over the world. That's how powerful representation is. It gave me hope. I thought, okay, if a Moroccan passport holder is doing this, then I can do it. The challenge was to pay for that flight ticket and to have an, a cushion for that that starts because I was starting over. Yes, I made a lot of progress in my career back home, but now we're talking about working remote. And this was 2018. Working remote was out of the question for a lot of companies in Morocco. So it, it wasn't like I could get a gig back home and then travel. That wasn't possible back then. Um, so I had to apply for jobs internationally and when we talk about applying for jobs internationally, that also means that I have to compete internationally. And I'm not an English native speaker. According to a lot of them, I don't have what, what it takes. I don't, I, don't, I don't qualify for those jobs. Um, so that was the, the, the other challenge. Uh, but I, I thought I will take it step by step. First, I have the security of my job, so maybe I will just do a travel in Southeast Asia and see how I feel there, see which country actually matches what I want. And I did a, uh, a quick trip, Vietnam, Thailand, and uh, Malaysia. The choices or why Southeast Asia is for three main reasons. The fact that it's affordable, the fact that it's super safe for women, and the fact that it's one of the biggest uh, destinations for digital nomads. That's how I chose my destinations. I needed a place to find the people who have already done the thing that I want to achieve so that I can talk to them and figure it out for myself. That was my mission for that trip. But also I wanted to have fun and, and, and enjoy traveling as well and uh, explore these places. Uh, it was magical. I loved Vietnam for for the food, for for the people, for for all those interactions that I had. I loved uh, Malaysia for uh, again the food is the is amazing there, and uh, I met a lot of nomads and I talked to a lot of people. But Thailand 
was just a bit different in how it made me feel, how I felt in this environment when I was here first. I was crying the first time I had to leave. Um, it's it's just the kindness. The, you bathe in the kindness of the people. It's an, on another level. They're so kind. Uh, it's so safe and practical. Coming from Morocco again, walking around on my own, and also for someone who has been struggling with ADHD tendencies, um, I forget my stuff. I forget my uh, my stuff everywhere. In Thailand, every time I forget something, I go back and I find it. Or they, they'll be running b behind me to, to give me back the thing that I forgot. Um, and and, and it, it was just, it was just beautiful. Uh, I loved it so much. So it stayed in the back of my head. I go back home. I was at work one day and they were like, okay, they're going to close, shut down in Morocco. The office in Morocco is going to shut down. We're going to lay off the whole team and you'll have to, yeah, you'll have to be patient. It's going to be a transition, tra a transitioning period as we figure this out. To me, it was, oh my God, I will have a severance package. I will pay, buy that one-way ticket and I'm going to leave. There was no question in my mind. And it, and it was exactly what I did. It was a painful six months to wait for that to actually happen. And the minute I had that money in my bank accounts, that's exactly what I did. I did not second think it. I did not doubt it for a second. I just packed and and i left my parents were very much worried uh they were totally against it they did not understand they still don't understand what i'm doing but i had to do it it, it had to be done and i had a lot of people tell me it maybe maybe you're rushing to you're rushing into this you're getting a chunk of money invest it in real estate find a new job and then travel, you know, no one's stopping you from traveling. But I, I, I couldn't, I felt like if I don't do this now, I'm then when am I going to do it? So I'm 27, I'm in Thailand and uh, the money is, is good for a while, but then it runs out. So I have to figure things out. And the crazy thing happens, that's when... I started to feel like there's going to be a test and a, a painful test for me every step of the way during this this journey. And the, the lesson will almost always be the same. Things get sorted. The, you, you just put your intention, put your foot forward and things get figured out on themselves. Just when I was really, I had no money. But I was living this crazy life of meeting amazing people around me. I have met this woman that I met in my home in my home in Casablanca. She was my host. She was my guest for a, a Moroccan cooking experience that I was hosting. And we were talking about this crazy idea of mine ba back then, how I really want to go to Thailand. And she then told me that I should do it. So when I got here, I sent her a message and I told her, here am I. I thank you so much for encouraging me. I did it. I'm in Thailand. And she replied to me by saying that she was here and that she would love to meet me. 
that was just amazing to me. What are the chances of this happening? And I meet her and we become close friends. And then two weeks later, she offers me a job. I become her social media manager. And uh, suddenly no I way. have an income. Yes. It, 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 I still talk to her and I, I feel like that, that was just magical. Uh, to meet a South African who was nomad in for 11 years, to meet her in my place in Morocco, where we shared food and talk about this dream that I'm dreaming of, to meet her in, in the place that we were dreaming of, and, and have a connection and have developed this friendship and then work with her. And then not only that, our second client meeting was in exotic places. The first time we met in Chiang Mai, the second time in Vietnam, the third time in Laos. There was going to be a Mexico, but we couldn't make it happen. But I feel like it's still in the cards for us. And she opens my world. She... She trusted me with her social media. She's she's an amazing online coach uh, for women of color to, to get over their money trauma. I did not even know that this existed. And then I suddenly learned more about my trauma around money, how my parents dealing with money has affected me, how poverty does have a huge effect on our mental health. Suddenly, I'm learning about all these things, and I and it kept happening every time I'm I'm faced with a challenge and things are not working out. I something like this happens. A friend offers a job, or I found a, I land the job by applying like a mad person because I get into those spaces where I have to get myself what I need to keep going. So. COVID happens and I lose a couple of my clients and I decided, okay, so this is time for me to upgrade my skills a little bit. So I started learning about web development. I started learning about more than social media marketing. I started to learn more about growth marketing. I started to learn about community building. I started out of fear and because of the anxiety that we were all experiencing of the uncertainty I started to to learn to learn online because that was what I know how to face that's how that's how I've always faced uncertainty that teenager that I was stuck in her little room in her room back then all she knew what all she did was go online and start learning about social media. That's what I kept doing. I realized that that it's been my pattern. Every time things go wrong, I start locking myself up and learn about okay, what is the skill that I'm going to equip myself uh, with to gain that confidence and just renew that faith in myself and what I want to achieve in order for me to start facing people and facing the world and talk to them about what I can do and how I can bring them value so that I can they can trust me and work with me. And, and it's uh, it's been my life for the past three years and a half. I moved a lot. I moved within the country because it was hard to move outside. My dream was to do three years in Asia, around Asia backpacking, but I, uh, I couldn't do it. And that's another lesson. 
I learned to be patient. I learned and was forced to be still. I was forced into stillness. I was forced to just trust that things will will uh, will work out and uh, surround myself with people that have that same hunger for that for self development and uh, learn learn from each other and hold ourselves accountable because one of my one of the challenges was to go from an environment that's very restrictive although my work my job back home was very much chill we were we were really spoiled i'm not a case of oh i hated my job and i needed to travel i very much loved my job what was a problem for me was the environment an environment that was very limiting in terms of experiencing life differently in in in, in terms of just being uh, unconventional it was there was a lot of resistance and to go from that to come here with extra um, extra freedom, that was hard because suddenly I can work from a cafe. And if you don't have that motivation, that's, that discipline, I would say, I had to learn to not rely on motivation. I had to rely on the discipline and creating a routine in a place where no one is around to tell me what to do. Um, I had clients, yes, I had freelancers, but I could, I could just not do it. I could just choose to party all night. I could just um, travel. I could. That was one of the hardest things: is to find that that fire, that find that uh, discipline within myself, and also motivate myself to do uh, that kind of work. But because it's hard for us, if we are, I, a friend of mine talks about this multiple times where he said, if you were told what to do your whole life and you had someone around you to, that does the thing too, your whole life, then our brains are wired that way to just get instructions from other people. And now suddenly you're asking your, out of yourself that level of discipline all of a sudden. You, it has to be incremental. It has to be done bit by bit. That's why we go to co-working spaces. That's why we have accountability meetups. That's why sometimes a co-working call to have people around. We figured out this whole remote work before remote work was a thing. Uh, and and that, was, that was one of the best thing that happened to me in this experience is to find myself in an environment that taught me so much about work, about myself, about networking and having intentions be behind those in the, that networking. But even on a personal level, what do you want from a friend? I never thought of that. I never. So if I had to summarize my past three years and a half, I would say it's a lot of, of self-discovery, a lot of unlearning and a lot of growth. But with other people and because of other people's stories and because of an environment that we created for ourselves um and and that's that's beautiful i'm still discovering so much i'm still learning a day to day um working and living in a foreign country is challenging 
but honestly, Thailand has been ve very easy to navigate and super practical. It removed that worry that I spent in my in 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 my mind uh, all my life about what to wear and what time I should be back home. I did not realize how much energy I wasted on that. I can just go out early morning, drive my bike in an empty alley and nothing would happen. I don't even have to think about that. I don't have to even worry about that. Um, so that creates space for other things. It creates more space to be open about other things. I don't have to worry about um, wearing something at night and going partying I don't have to worry about people thinking that I'm crazy because I shaved my head. I don't have to be fearful to live. And oh my God, was I fearful back home. <laughs> the terror that the environment that I was in uh, burdened me with was, was a lot. And, and, and I soon realized that I couldn't advance in my life and do the things that I wish to do for myself if I kept living in fear. Man, Sophia. <laughs> so I've been listening to you now and I'm not even able to like through any questions because your story is so fucking inspiring. And the way you carry yourself and the way you talk your, to your, about yourself and about people who inspired you has been amazing. I am in awe and I'm like, I'm really speechless. I don't know what to do now. I'm like, okay, she she can just carry on this episode. She's amazing. <laughs> Sophia, this, oh. this was amazing. No exaggeration. Uh, first of all, I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud that I've known this person. When you told me, like when I've met you virtually, we've never met in real life, actually. I would love to. You were just like a, a kid learning social media marketing. You were just starting. And now you went on this super interesting and um, intense experience and uh, being an expat and surviving on your own for three years. And as you said, in Thailand, right? You've been there for three years. Mm. And doing traveling and uh, the pandemic and how you always like managed to learn something out of it whenever times are hard you go back into learning to navigate how you get out of this hard time and the way you talked about how you enjoy your life now without that fear constant fear every day oh my god that resonated with me so much even though we're from two different countries but i didn't really realize how much heavy weight i was carrying on my shoulder by always like being as you said not even if we, I don't use the word fearful, but always like careful and always like putting in my head, when should I go home? What should I wear? Who should I be talking to? My opinions, my things, my blood, like everything about me as a personality, because that's how we're. Yeah. So now that we're on the other end of the spectrum, we can see how much wasted energy we were all in and how much pressure we were all in in our every day of life. So now, as you said, that I don't have to worry about when I'm coming back, what I'm wearing, because I know that there are laws to protect me. It made a lot of difference, actually. Now you got uh, the energy to think of your own self-development, your own growth. What do you want to do in life? How to deal with lots of challenges on your own, because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. It made a lot of difference. So your experiences are 
very inspiring. I'm sure you continue to do more. <laughs> it's the very first Thank time you. in my epi- in my episodes where I'm like really speechless and I was like almost going to tear up right now. Because you you exude so much confidence that came from experience. Like you've 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 had to go through stuff in order to carry yourself the way you carry yourself right now and the way you talk about how life has taught you. Uh, you exude that confidence that comes from experience. And I always think that experience is the thing that you need to invest on no matter where, at what stage you are in life. Experiences are something that nobody can take away from you. Yeah. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? What inspires me is seeing people doing something they're passionate about. That's what inspires me always, just humans doing something against all odds is super inspiring like now i feel i'm in a moment where i feel inspired because i've heard your story and and i've i will keep thinking about it and talking about it the whole day if not days uh what was the best compliment you've ever received resourceful yeah when people say that i'm resourceful i feel i feel seen how did you come to be resourceful <laughs> you don't, you don't want to know. Yeah, harsh, harsh circumstances. I would say, it's yeah. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't traumatic events, but it's it's almost always my anxiety getting the best of me, and I start to find different ways, different solutions to what I'm presented with. That was one thing. Another thing is my curiosity. Light bulbs just fire in my brain when I'm interested by something. I just cannot, I, I become restless until I learn enough about that subject's matter to rest myself. <laughs> yeah, that's our ADHD brain. I get that. Yeah. What was the best moment of your life? Okay, I have to think of this one, the best moments of my life. I will never forget the moment where I was on the flight leaving. It was it was a very, very, very weird feeling where I, it was a mixed triumph. I was I was so happy, but I was also very scared of the unknown because I had absolutely no plan. And I, I felt a little bit naive. I felt like a, a kid. Uh, and I, that was the best, one of the best moments in my whole life. Just sitting on my own, giggly on that seat. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> this is going to be a cool experience. <laughs> I have the biggest smile hearing this because it's so, yeah, as you said, it's so crazy. And yet, like, I am very, like, jealous right now like to go somewhere without knowing what are you going to do like something from the movies in a way yeah sometimes i think i was crazy if they're going to do a movie about you who do you want to play your character oh my god i never even it never even crossed my mind oh my god if you watched i i i really love that actress moonlight moonlight i think moonlight anyways she's egyptian she's super Yes, my, yeah, yeah. Oh my she's God, great. that she's really woman, great. she's amazing. She's yeah. amazing. I was so happy when I saw that finally we have a Middle Eastern hero. No, she looks badass, and I've seen like 
I've seen on on uh, on social media the the kind of intense training that she had to go through to make all of these you know fight scenes. I could see her playing you, especially with the curly hair and all, and the badassery in general. Yeah, we can dream. <laughs> and um, in your experiences, I'm sure you have like experienced lots of different food. Do you eat to live or do you live to eat? I live to eat for sure. We're Arabs, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's how I express love and that's how I love myself, you know. <laughs> That's how I eat my emotions, process emotions. It's, yeah. Oh, don't tell me about it. <laughs> What's your favorite food? Oh, it has to be couscous. I I have this, I've always struggled with this question. I love food, food so much and I have a lot of favorite dishes, but I have came to the realization that, that eating couscous just does weird things to me. It's, it feels like home. It feels like home. It feels so much like home. It feels like my mother is just giving me a hug and whenever I make it. And it's also the one dish that follows you, that celebrates your birth and celebrates your life. They have it in uh, the, the seventh day when, you're, when they celebrate your, the birth of a newborn. We call it a subur. Subur, yes, subur. Yeah, that's the same thing for us too. And we have it in funerals. <laughs> I've never heard that. So couscous is very much that dish that follows you from birth to death. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a symbolic thing. Do you also have this thing as an expat where when you're sick, you want to eat your country's cuisine? Like you, you, find, you try to find Moroccan food or try to cook it? Because for me, whenever I'm sick... I wanna drink. I wanna only have soup uh, called lisan asfur in Egypt. Mm. We have it like you know chicken broth and you know these things, the small things. Immediately in my head, once I'm sick, I wanna eat Egyptian food, and I try to find the uh, restaurant that cooks it like the most authentic I could find for myself. Oh. And it's just yeah, it just makes me feel so Egyptian at that moment. Do you also yeah. have that? Yeah, absolutely. That's the first thing that crosses my mind when I'm sick. I need to cook myself something from home. And it has to be a soup. I, I want to drift a little bit, but because you have ADHD as well, and I, and I have lots of questions, yeah, I'm trying to still find out many, many ways how it's affecting lots of things about my life. So anyway, I know that people with ADHD struggle a bit with cooking. I know I do. I don't know why it feels for me intense and overwhelming. Can you give me... Any tips on to how to start cooking like slow, bit by bit, knowing that you have like a bit of similar experiences? For me, I'm lucky because it's my special interest. So, you know, how we all have something that we are very obsessed with. For me, it happens to also be cooking. And my mother is a really good cook. She's a pastry chef. She's studied her, her all her life. And I had a very, very tough, oh, wow. tough relationship with my mother growing up. We It, it was, is very tough. And then at, at a point in my life, I decided that I will cook for myself and, and call her to ask for recipes. And calling her for asking for recipes and the direction was just for me to just have a bond with my mother without fighting. That was the only conversation for us where we're not on each other's throats. 
And I started to renew my love for cooking. And every time I taste it, I feel like, oh my God, this is home. It started to really be like a, a love story, a, a love story and, and a love letter to my mother. So I think for me, with, when it comes to cooking, I'm very much focused because everything is on the stove and there is a level of urgency. And for ADHD, you know, that's why I like it. And I found out that for us, the best dishes are a one pot dish so that I won't have to deal with the dishes. So the only hack that I have for you is to really keep it stupid simple and to keep it down to one pan. And there is a world of recipes when it comes to one pan meals and the quick ones. And you build your, your uh, and it's a very... It's a very uh, personal experience. You can use it as a meditation time. You can use it as make it as fun as you want, as you can, make, it, make it as fun as you can. the The goal is not to to have a perfect dish. The, the goal is to feed yourself and to start to get curious about how to get a balanced dish. Like, what's the role of fat and salt and heat? in in the, in the combination it helped me a lot to understand the chemical side of things then i got nerdy about it and i'm like okay this is just a science experiment in the kitchen i i, I get this it's fine <laughs> you know what now i'm interested <laughs> now i'm actually interested to try some stuff the one pot thing is 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 really cool although my mind jumped instantly to kushari but then kushari wouldn't would be like a it still would be a nightmare to start with, you know, because yeah. you know how many ingredients are there in the kushari? <laughs> oh, my God. This is the advanced yeah. level for me, maybe. Stir fries. Just stick to stir fries. I don't like stir fry. Oh. They're not that healthy also for IBS, you know? Yeah, it's not. You know, there's this app, uh, Tasty or something, that has like under 30 minutes, blah, blah, blah. So once you said, I was like, okay, I'm yeah. going to look for one pot recipes on it. Oven, yeah, one tray in the oven. What's the best life lesson you learned from a movie or a book? Best life lesson from a movie, Mr. Nobody. I love that movie because or the, the lesson is how choices affect life and that it's pointless to start ruminating and think, oh, should have done this. There are no guarantees that not going with that decision, that things would have turned out better. And it's something that I have to face a lot because I need to make this really life decisions every time I'm moving around. I have moved around. So when in times of doubt, that's the first thing that my mind does. It goes back to a point where I had to make a choice between two things. And I start to feel like, oh, I should have gone with that one. But yeah, I remind myself every time of that scenario, to, that movie is, is amazing. It just shows different scenarios where he chose different things. And really, none of them had the best outcome. It's just different lives <laughs> with different challenges. Um, so it's really pointless to, to, to ruminate. Do you have like a travel list usually when you're going somewhere new and you have like a playlist of songs? Yeah, for, for Trevor... For me, when I was in Georgia, for some reason, the song that was stuck in my head is Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to it the whole time. And I think because I was in like a, like you described it, I was in a very 
um, adventurous mood. Like I was not planning my trip at all. And I was doing every day. Okay, uh, this is what I'm doing today. This is what I'm doing tomorrow. Just like going random and as spontaneous as I am. And, uh, you know, meeting people. So it was interesting. Wow. I do this weird thing where sometimes I fixate on a song and it just... And I start to listen to it until I start to hate it. I tried recently, I had something like that, but I made the conscious decision to stop listening to it before I started hating it. So yay, for the first time, I managed to do that. It's uh, it's Willow, Willow's recent, uh, Willow, Willow Smith's uh, recent uh, song. I don't remember the name, the name of the song. Uh, something dimension what's one question you wish that I had asked you and how you would have answered <laughs> this is a really really good question I'm going to steal it for my podcast I don't I really had uh, I I came into this with no expectations with no questions in mind I have nothing in my mind I'm sorry I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's good Means that maybe I covered it all or you covered it all. Yeah, yeah. Where can listeners find you online? I'm kind of everywhere. You know, these social media people have no life. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Slashia. I'm on Instagram at Slashia. I'm on uh, LinkedIn. And I'm planning to be more active this year on LinkedIn too. Sophia. Sophia, I usually don't struggle that much to like have words. But you really inspired me through this um, episode. I'm very grateful for you. Very grateful that you also managed to like be flexible around my crazy, you know, routine to get into ready with this episode, as you saw in uh, in the morning. Thank you so much for being open and for sharing your story and just for being inspired just by being yourself and for experiencing all of these things. I encourage you to just keep experiencing and being open as you as you were, it, whether you think or believe this or not. But just by doing things, you're paving the way and you're making other people who feels lonely and who feels isolated to think, yeah, it's possible. Just like when you follow the other Moroccan expats and you wanted to follow their footsteps because you wanted someone who has done it before. You're now being that role model kind of for women everywhere who want to do these steps who are scared or who are trapped in their environment to just, you know, follow your footsteps in a way. Thanks a lot for you, Sophia. Very grateful. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored. Thank you for all the affirmations. It really, really touches me. And it keeps me encouraged to do more of what I'm doing. Thank you so much. I'm honored. And thank you for inviting me. This is a, I think this is my first time on a podcast. So thank you. Great. Great to hear that. Mm -hmm.